Devon Review with Brad Hardware. Welcome along to our breakdown of some alternative stories from the past week. I'm Brad Hardware and here's what's coming up. It's LGBT History Month. We spoke to Paralympian David Hill, who's openly gay, about his experiences and the benefits of sport and exercise. We'll also be speaking to Devon author Morwenna Blackwood. She's been telling us about her third book and her inspirations. She also told us about her launch night. And Exeter College is hosting its first region-wide esports festival next week, giving students the opportunity to shine within the industry. A number of people will be participating including members of the Exeter Chiefs team. Devon Review with Brad Hardware. Now it's LGBT History Month and we caught up with Paralympian David Hill who spoke about his experiences of being a gay athlete. He also said that he finds it difficult to watch the Summer Olympics in Tokyo last year and reflects on the challenges of competing with a disability. He spoke to Radio X's Mitty James about his experiences and his plans to improve diversity. So I obviously really appreciate the benefit that um, sport and exercise can bring to us. Um, you know, being a former Paralympic athlete myself, I really appreciate that actually sport can have a massive impact on our well-being. Um, you know, in terms of like our improved self-esteem, our cognitive function, you know, it helps to prevent medical conditions. Um, arguably has like, a, you know, a huge impact on our, our employment opportunities as well and our quality of sleep. You know, I could, I could go on forever more about kind of, that, I guess, the benefits of sport. I think what it can do for us. Um, so with this year's theme, with kind of mind, body and spirit, we really wanted to kind of put together some sessions in association with Exmouth Pride to, you know, get people involved in sport um, and exercise that perhaps doesn't, um, you know, usually get involved in order to then feel all these benefits that I've just mentioned. So why did you decide to get involved with Pride? Um, being a, an athlete myself that identifies um, as LGBT, you know, I find it really sad that actually uh, the research that's been put out there previously about you know, the low level number of, uh, of people that identify on that spectrum that don't take part in sport and physical activity compared to our counterparts is really sad. And that's a barrier that I, you know, am passionate to sort of address, really. So we've been really well supported by Leslie Stebbins so LED this year as well, who have been kind of open to running these sessions. So last weekend, they ran a yoga session, for example. I even attended it to myself. It was absolutely fantastic. In association with LED, I'm helping run an aqua session in order to just show that actually led is is already kind of an inclusive building you know very welcoming very friendly and we just want those to get involved and actually come to the leisure center that perhaps wouldn't normally get involved and then they can really truly feel the benefits of themselves as i've you know already sort of mentioned so xmouth's pride uh, and history month it's all about trying new things this year uh, in a supportive Mm. environment have you tried anything new so yeah, yoga was definitely new to me. It's always been something that's been recommended to me um, in order to increase my flexibility and strength and work on my core and stuff. Um, it was a really, really great session. So I, I tried that out. And um, but, but aqua session is very much kind of really showcasing what is possible in the water. So we're going to do a bit of aqua aerobic, just a, you know, a true taster of just what some important environment can offer. I sort of appreciate that swimming is, I guess it kind of has a few more barriers if we're not feeling, you know, perhaps overly body confident, you know, maybe for those identifiers trans, for example. So we just want, really want to, to, to run a session that's, you know, really welcoming, has a, has a real kind of positive first experience. So, David, being both LGBT and disabled, have you faced any stigma or challenges? Yes, absolutely. And I, but I don't think I spend, you know, a lot of time sort of dwelling on that. You know, again, the sport has given me this resilience, really, to just continue living true to myself and, 
believe in, in you know the positive things that I believe and surrounding myself by the people I love really. Watching uh, the Winter Olympics in Beijing, does that bring back any, any nice memories? I Yeah, I've certainly caught um, a little bit of it because I, I absolutely just love sports. So any sport that's on the television, I'm involved and obviously rooting for Team GB. <laughs> it, it particularly scratched the scab, I think, for me watching um, the Tokyo Olympics on television last year. Um, and obviously that was the first um, Paralympic Games that aired that happened kind of since I haven't been involved. So my last Paralympic, Paralympic Games was in uh, in Rio in 2016, where I competed in the triathlon. And speaking to a lot of athletes, it's really hard to then retire and watch the next games. Because, um, that, yeah, that was a little bit raw. That was a bit like, oh, should I be there? Why am I not competing? Shall I get back into training? <laughs> you know, all these sort of questions go through your mind. Now, looking at other sports, and who would have thought that gaming could be a sport? Exeter College is hosting its first region-wide eSports festival and is giving students who are interested the chance to shine within the industry. Joe Jenner spoke to Mark Lestrange, who's a teacher at the college and is involved with the event. eSports is competitive gaming. That's what separates it from what one would normally call casual gaming. So it, it's a very serious occupation. Uh, the top prizes are in the £5 million range. And uh, just to put this in perspective... Uh, If a TV company gets a million viewers engaging in their broadcast, they'd be very happy with that. Uh, The League of Legends final had 79 million current live viewers watching it. And that's just one game out of the many games that are played. So how would someone win at an event like this? And also, what kind of games are generally played at an esports event? So this isn't generally solo. Uh, Most games have three to six players in them. You have to work with people in a very fast changing environment and come up with dynamic solutions that aren't always what's predictable because that's what gets you to win. That pre-planning, that reaction to what's happening at the time is paramount, as is the training. Right now, we compete in the BEA, British Esports Association Championships, and the games we play in that are Valorant, uh, League of Legends, Overwatch and Rocket League. Um, So those are our main competitive games. But right now I'm working with four other colleges to do a Minecraft pilot. So competitive Minecraft. You can have build competitions and capture the flag in arenas and uh, some of our young coders are putting stuff together to make this work together with I said three other colleges and that will be launched for September on a national basis and that will help ease esport into a younger generation to use yeah. their problem solving their teamwork and also their creative abilities in the builds that we do so it's it's you know who who does the best build you know so okay. it, it, it's it's spreading upwards and downwards you know the the top professionals are normally in their mid-20s but there's quite a spread I mean it runs from sort of 12 to 32 but generally when you're over that age your reflexes start to slow down a little bit the amount of practice and is harder to maintain Mm -hmm. so it is kind of still a young person sport at the front end but not necessarily as I prove (laughs) in the (laughs) uh, behind the scenes So where's the event being hosted and what kind of people are participating? Uh, we're doing a um, the first of its kind Southwest Esports event very soon in the centre right. of Exeter. Uh, Exeter College are hosting it in our esport room, and we have like lots of big players from Jurassic Fiber to Filmly to um, who else? Uh, the Chiefs. How can I forget the Chiefs? They're coming. They've got a Rocket League team. 
Actually, one of their players to decide whether he was going to be a professional esport player or be an England and Barbarian as well as Exeter Chiefs player. Right. So, okay. yeah, uh, and, and he had to think about this quite solidly because, uh, you know, he loves he, he, his uh, esports as well as he loves his rugby. So when is the event happening and how can people participate? It's on the 23rd Wednesday. Now, we're already full with people, so nobody can turn up in person, but you can watch it on Twitch, on twitch.tv forward slash exe academy x academy that's mark lestrange from exeter college talking to joe jenner there in other news devon author moena blackwoods recently launched her third book called underrated she spoke to us about where the book was set and where she pulls her inspiration from she told radio x's lauren armstrong about the launch event for the book oh it was really good actually um my previous two books um were um, published in lockdown so i didn't get to do much um but this time i went out to dawlish where a lot of underrated is set and made some videos, did some readings, took some pictures, that sort of stuff, and posted it all on social media. So, yeah, I had a really nice launch day. <laughs> when you're reading Underrated, um, expect it to be dark. Um, it's a noir psychological thriller. It's told in the first person and in the present tense through the viewpoints of five lads. So you're really in their heads, so you really get to um, sort of understand their thought processes and, and the way they're perceiving things. And it's them trying to um, sort of eke out lives for themselves, make things better, um, try and get what they want out of life and the, the trials and tribulations they have, really. And I know South Devon has inspired most of your works. Can you tell me what your biggest influence was for this book, location-wise? I think it was, well, it's Court and Cove in Dawlish, basically. I went there a lot when I was a child. I should say, like, the, the whole series, there's the standalone books, but um, the characters and events cross over. So I always wanted to tell Will, who was a minor character in the previous two books, I wanted to tell his story. And his brother is down in Dawlish a lot. He suffers from schizophrenia and he's in a halfway house. But anyway, so, yeah, I've, I've been to Dawlish a lot and I just saw Corriton Cove and I thought of imagining, you know, what it would be like if you could swim round to Shell Cove and Horse Cove, sort of had the concept of uh, what if they were drug smuggling or all the like. So that's where it came from. Do you take inspiration from any of your friends or your family, for example, or is this just purely you creating characters? I think sometimes it's it's people I know or experiences I've had, but you sort of get a snippet of somebody's personality, like the way they the way they walk or a catchphrase they always use or something like that, and you can just develop someone out from that. Yeah, I'm wherever I am, I'm always sort of looking at people and thinking, you know, I wonder what's going on in your life, and yeah, you just create characters from there, from there really. But I think um, some of the mental health themes in there are inspired by my own experiences, obviously. It's fiction, but yeah, I've, it's heavily influenced by experience and just life in small Devon towns, really. I've spent most of my life in Devon, so um, it's bound to affect my writing. <laughs> I know you're a great lover of the sea, so I guess you must take a lot of inspiration from the sea and maybe people watching, like you say, um, sort of understanding people's little quirks and habits. And like you say, you can develop on that really well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, down at the sea, is, down at the beach, it's a great place to people watch. And I don't know, I get some, I get energy from the sea. I just, I just love it down there. I've also seen that um, you've set the scene in Liverpool as well as the, you know, uh, southwest. So, so what was your inspiration for setting it in Liverpool? Um, well, I went to the first university I went to was 
um, Manchester and I had a lot of friends from Liverpool. So we went over there, uh, over to Liverpool quite a lot um, when I was in my 20s and everything. I just I just really like it. And um, I was really taken with the liver birds that sit on top of the liver building and the whole myth around how that if they disappear, then Liverpool will cease to exist. Um, and I just think, oh, that's, that just fascinates me, that sort of that myth. So I, I used that in my novel and I had some people, a guy called James um, starts off in Liverpool and he meets someone in Devon and there's also a rock band who are playing in Liverpool and also you've got the cavern in Exeter and the cavern in Liverpool. I based um, I based a nightclub in my novel on on those two places as well. So yeah, there's lots of crossovers between the two places. That's Devon author Morwenna Blackwood talking to Lauren Armstrong there. Well, that's it for Devon Review this week. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll be back with another episode next Friday. Take care. Devon Review with Brad Hardware.